This is a quick follow-up on the No Head episode that I released um, a little while ago. I just want to start off with a quote from Plotinus. The absolute is none of the things of which it is the source. Its nature is that nothing can be affirmed of it. Not existence, not essence, not life. It transcends all these but possess yourself of it by the very elimination of being, and you hold a marvel. Recently, I received some feedback from a listener who was, by their own account, uh, having a little bit of trouble with the apparent obviousness of this entire realization of having no head, which to him, uh, as he told me, seemed unobvious, and there was some struggle. This individual had judiciously run the experiment, pointing at the head and trying to look back for the thing that was looking, but they felt that they hadn't quite found it. Something hadn't clicked. It seemed too ridiculous and not mysterious or inaccessible enough. In some ways, I think it's easy for the spectacular nature of this realization to pass people by. This is something Douglas Harding himself spoke about. I was one of the ones that was pretty well stunned by it, I think for whatever reason. I think probably because I'd spent so many hours seated in meditation, engaging in other activities, it perhaps was more stunning because I hadn't quite grasped it after all those years. And then at once, everything kind of clicked for me. He mentioned that it seemed non-spectacular or shallow in some way. I, I kind of get that. I get it. So I initially wondered maybe if he had seen it, but just not been struck by what it was. The way I responded, and maybe others that are confused, this may help, was simply that what appears to me right now definitely, in some ways, seems shallow. I see a computer screen, there's a bottle of water in front of me. But then, when I draw my attention to what is looking out, or apparently looking out, then that wellspring is infinitely deep. And this frame seems to help. I think part of the problem is there's a real emphasis on knowing things. The knowing that we all pursue seems to come from some kind of inbuilt compulsive need to know. And many people in these circles suffer from this. I would say it's a kind of suffering. The ceaseless need to know, as I call it, can be problematic for catching a glimpse. Because as a seeker, there is a kind of assumption that if you know enough, or stack enough layers of knowing on top of one another, you'll finally reach the grand theory of stacked knowingness. And of course, uh, once perched atop the pyramid of ultimate knowingness, you'll finally be rid of the need to know. Many religions and philosophies and political theories that we see today are this way, which is why I think Seekers in anything like this tend to move from one thing to another thing 
endlessly, stacking up knowing. Because in the mind of the seeker, when a critical mass of knowing is reached, then seeking, ironically, will cease. So I think that the simplicity of the glimpse Douglas Harding offered here is disappointing to people, probably because if everything is already here and is as it is, what is there to know but that everything is free already? And it was the seeking all along that created this sense of dissatisfaction, that something was missing. A critical piece of the knowing puzzle was missing, and I just had to find that one piece, and the puzzle would be complete, the picture. And perhaps even more bruising to egos of seekers, seekers in general, and I know this very well, I don't discount myself by any stretch, is that on some level, the dissatisfaction of the seeker and stacking of various knowing was itself, in a way, the total freedom that was always being sought. That is kind of difficult to acknowledge. So I get it. I totally understand why some people are kind of resistant to this, despite it being spectacular. As Harding himself says, I think he says it best, obviously. So you are, in all respects, the opposite of what you had been told. So you are the deathless splendor. So you are made of God. So all is yours and from you and to you, and much, much more. That's all. You don't have to think about anything, or even stop thinking anything for this experiment. So looking out, just try to look back, point back, and try it again. Try to find the open space you're looking out of. This is a tangible thing that you can do. And all at once, I'm sure you'll note that you are emptiness, reflecting colors and shapes and sounds and sensations as you receive them, that your head and body are peripheral, and there is just a no-thing at the center, apparently looking out on no-thing. So these are just some thoughts on some of the things that I think may be standing in your way if you're one of these people that was having trouble with something like this, with that episode. And it is that really, as I've said, this view stands in the face of society, which, well, says that you're a thing constantly. You're some sort of thing. You are the verb to be in some way. So I hope this helps. These short notes that I put together just quickly now. A quick reminder. This week I'll finally be releasing the reinstoring, reinvigorating Hara ebook that relates to the Hara episode which is going to be some theory and exercises on how to uh, focus harder breathing. I uh, will be releasing a video uh, on YouTube. So please go to YouTube and subscribe. And sometime this week, I'll provide instructions on how to get that book. Until next time. <laughs>